This session of Scanner School is sponsored by our new training course, An Introduction to SDR, or Software Defined Radios. Now this course is designed to walk you through the process of not only purchasing, but also installing an SDR, getting the accessories hooked up, and getting the software installed in your computer so you are ready to go without wasting time and getting you operational as soon as possible. We'll teach you how to not only set up the hardware, so you can get analog reception, but also P25, DMR, NXDN, and trunking, all, again, with simple-to-use hardware and your existing computer setup. So for more information about this introduction to SDR training, please visit our website at scannerschool.com courses. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Something's not working. Something's broken. This can be a stressful time for any scanner radio user, especially when you only have one scanner and something big is happening in your backyard that you want to listen to. Now, again, it is frustrating when it just doesn't work and you just want to listen to something. But, you know, when you hear the sirens going down your block, you go to turn your radio and you got nothing but static or worse, your radio doesn't even turn on. We're going to go through a couple of steps here to help you troubleshoot your scanner. So my name is Phil Lichtenberger. Thank you very much for joining us. This is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. All the links and session notes can be found on our website, scannerschool.com slash session 75. So let's begin with handheld scanners or portable scanners. Chances are they operate on batteries. So let's start our troubleshooting with our batteries. Now, if they are rechargeable batteries, did you charge them? I mean, that's always the first step here, right? What what powers up your scanner is your batteries. So you can test out your batteries very simply. Now, if you're using an old GRE or Radio Shack or PS, um, uh, the Whistlers, they have the, the packs that come out of the back, you know, the four AA batteries. You can take that pack out of the back, and you can just use your voltmeter to tap onto the, uh, the batteries and see if you're getting the full output power. So again, you've got four AA batteries in there, putting out a peak voltage, about 1.5 volts a piece. So you should be getting somewhere in the neighborhood of six volts. Now, chances are you're not gonna get exactly six volts, you make it 5.5, but the radio should work as, you know, I, I, I don't have the exact number here, but you should get something to work on the scanner, uh, you know, about a volt down from where you actually are with the battery. So again, if you're reading about six volts off the pack or 1.5 volts off of each battery, peak, then you're good. You have fully charged batteries. Your batteries are good to go. Then your problem is somewhere else outside of the battery pack. Okay, so what happens if your batteries aren't charged? Well, have you been charging them? Are you plugging your scanner in the wall to charge the batteries? If the answer is yes, maybe your charger is bad. Maybe the power brick is bad. And again, we're going to go into the testing those power supplies in a bit. But if you have a unit in scanner, don't forget, you have to have the scanner turned off, and then you have to press the enter key when it asks you, would you like to charge the batteries? If you're not turning the scanner off and you're not pressing enter to charge the batteries, well, guess what? Your batteries are not charging. If your scanner is on, the batteries are not charging. Now, again, this holds true for the newer Uniden radios. Uh, from the SDS-100 all the way down to the, uh, the BC-125AT. 
Now, the reason for that is because the USB ports off your computers do not have enough current to actually allow you to charge the unit and operate it at the same time. So there's a safety inside the radio that will only allow you to do one or the other. So again, if your batteries are not charging, make sure you're hitting the enter key after you turn your radio off to enable the charging circuit. So let's eliminate batteries altogether here. Let's go and throw a fresh pack of AA alkaline batteries in your radio. Does it work now? Well, if it works now, then okay, we've eliminated the rechargeable batteries as being a problem here. If it still doesn't work, we may have a problem with the batteries system in the scanner itself. Look at the battery terminals. Have they corroded? They have powder on them. If so, you're going to want to get in there. You're going to want to clean it out really, really good with, um, uh, you know, like a metal metal brush or something like that. Again, wear gloves because the corrosion on the battery terminals can be toxic. Uh, you may want to clean it off a little bit with a pencil eraser. Polish them up with a pencil eraser. Both ends, the battery ends and the side inside the radio where the batteries make contact. Check those out too. Check those terminals inside the, in, inside the radio. Are they springing? Are they pulled out of the radio all the way? Now, if you have a newer radio like the SDS-100, you have a lithium-ion battery pack. Chances are those are still good. But is the battery pack deformed? Has it started to explode a little bit? Um, if it has started to swell up, you want to replace the battery pack. Just don't even try using it. Uh, again, you can put a volt ohmmeter on the back of the battery. Again, make sure you set it up for 12 volts DC or just DC and see what you are getting on the battery. Now look at the other side of the battery. See what the voltage output is on the battery. Okay, so now we've gone through and we've tested our batteries. So again, what happens when we plug it into the wall? Does it turn on? If it does not turn on when you've plugged it in the wall, you've got two things either broken here. You have a bad power supply or you have a bad radio. So the easiest thing really to do is to swap out your power supply. Make sure you have one with the same voltage. I know there's some units out there that take 6 volts on the uh, the handheld. Some take 5 volts. Some take 12 volts. Some take 9 volts. So you're going to want to look at that power supply and see what the output is on that power supply. Now in my box of parts over here, I have one of those variable power supplies that you plug in the wall and you slide the switch left and right. And as you do so, it changes the output power of that power brick. Those are nice to have. If you don't have one of those, maybe you have a variable power supply you can use as well. If not, you can go out and buy a power supply. Maybe you can find somebody that has one and you can test that out. If the power supply does not work for you, guess what? You may have a bad radio. Now your options are either to get it repaired or replaced or bite the bullet and buy something new. Okay, so now let's talk about mobile and desktop radios. Now, most of these, I'd say about 99% of them, operate on 12-volt power. Now, I guess they operate on 12-volt power because, obviously, you want to put them in the car, and it's the same type of, you know, setup. Either your car or your desk, 12 volts. Now, the older radios, let's take a look real quick at some older vintage-style radios. We're talking about radios from, you know, the 70s or the 80s that just plug straight into the wall. Now these are gonna be a separate ball game altogether because your power supply, your transformer is internal to the radio. You wanna be very careful when testing anything like this. So again, you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you have 112 volts, or whatever it is that your commercial voltage is, wherever it is that you may live, coming into the back of the radio. And again, only do this 
if you know what you're doing. Only test the transformer if you're safe and you know what you're doing, okay? Playing around with commercial electricity can be very, very dangerous. Again, only do this if you know what you're doing. But if you unplug the radio from the wall, you take the chassis or case off, and you can look at the, uh, the internal guts, the components of the units. Just take a look. Get out a magnifying glass. Do you see anything that looks burnt? Do you see a cap that has blown out? Now, capacitors look basically like cans that are inside of the, um, of the radio, and they're, they're multiple different colors. Uh, usually standing up and down. You can see if they have boiled outward, basically. Uh, that means that a capacitor has exploded. Um, look for any black or charring marks on the circuit board or underneath any resistors. That indicates you have a problem. There's also a fuse in there as well. See if your fuse is there. Now, of course, some of them too also have some uh, xenodiodes in there that limit the direction of the AC and convert it into DC. Did one of those go bad? Don't be touching things while you know bare fingered in there because that could be dangerous so again something like that something's old and vintage just give it a visual inspection again if you understand what's going on there feel free to start playing around but if you're brand new to this i really wouldn't recommend playing with live electricity but i mean some of us just do it anyway <laughs> all right going back to our 12 volt machines these these are the newer right the newer radios the unitins the uh the uh gre's Whistlers, Radio Shacks, those kinds of radios we can test pretty easily as well. So what's the first thing we want to do when we turn? We want to make sure it turns on, right? So turn it on. If the unit does not power on, maybe it only turns on to a uh, the backlight comes on. You don't know. I've actually seen it where I've had customers send me a radio to program, and they've only sent me the radio. I program it up. It works fine. I send it back to them, and they call me up. Yeah, Phil, something's broken with the radio. It doesn't turn on. Well, it worked here. I don't know why it doesn't work when it got to him. So now I'm in panic mode. I say, okay, listen, buddy. Why don't you ship me back the radio? I'll give you a return label. Give me everything you're using. Throw the power supply in the box as well. I get the radio at my desk. I plug it in. It works fine. I don't get it. I use their power supply. No good. Their power supply did not have enough juice to power up the scanner, which leads me to something else. You have to look at the amperage output of the power supply. Or your power brick. This is how much current the device can actually deliver to the radio. Right? You have voltage, but you also have the draw. How fast it needs that voltage, I guess you can say. And the older power supplies that you didn't use to ship were about half an amp, 500 milliamps. Well, the newer ones are three quarters to a full amp. The older power supplies do not have enough current of delivery to send the voltage or the current rather to your scanner when it can't when the scanner can't get enough it can't turn on can't operate so make sure you're using the correct amount the correct power supply for your scanner let's assume that your scanner's got the right power supply let's assume that you've got the right uh you know the everything is good here do you have another scanner you can test it on? Do you have another power supply you can test? Right? Again, we're ruling out the power supply here. If it still doesn't turn on, is your outlet functioning? Who knows? Did you break, you know, did, did your circuit break a trip? Did a fuse pop? Well, the easiest way to do this again, the non-safe way, you can throw in your voltmeter and see if you have the correct commercial power for your neck of the woods. I don't recommend doing that, again, because of the safety concerns. 
plug a lamp in. Plug a lamp into that outlet, turn it on, see if it turns on. If the lamp doesn't turn on, well, guess what? Either you have a burnt out lamp or you have a bad outlet in your house. Check your circuit breaker, make sure nothing's popped or tripped. Okay. Assuming your outlet works, assuming now your power supply works, let's keep going down the path here. Well, look out the cable between the power brick and the scanner. Has it gotten nicked? Do you see bare wires? Okay. Sometimes, you know, animals, cats like to chew on things. It happens. Maybe you rolled it over with the office chair one too many times. Maybe, you know, somebody was going around the house with scissors. Who knows? But check that cable out and make sure it's good. Sometimes, too, the ends can get funky, right, where, where it connects to either the back of the radio or the power supply because that is the point where it's constantly bending. Maybe something pulled loose out of there. Give it a, a little bit of a wiggle and see if things start to make connection again. Now, again, if that happens, you need a new power supply. If you're using a 12-volt power supply like some of us use, you know, a, a larger one, a 20-amp version that powers on our, our our entire setup here, is every radio out? Well, if every radio is no longer working, that either means that it's your outlet, which we've already ruled out, or it's your power supply. Well, does your power supply turn on? If it does, great. Let's check the fuses in line. Hopefully, you guys have fuses in line on your cable from the power supply to the back of the radio. Most power supplies will have a fuse inside. Did that fuse break, right? If the power supply doesn't turn on, it could be your uh, your circuit inside that takes the, 12, uh, the 120 volts or your own commercial power, 230, wherever it is may be, and drops it into 12 volts DC. If your power supply is working, again, you could take your voltmeter, you can put it on the back of the power supply, make sure you have 12 volts or 13.8 volts out of the back of that. If you're in your vehicle, same thing happens here. Touch it across the fuse and make sure that you have 12 volts there. Go, go against one side of the fuse and then to chassis. Do you have 12 volts? Do you have 12 volts coming out of the end of the plug that plugs in the back of the scanner? Do you have 12 volts there or 13.8 volts? Again, we're ruling out everything outside the scanner. Now, assuming we have 12 volts at our plug, right? plugs in the scanner, and you plug it in, and it's, now it's not working. Well, again, let's plug in another radio and see if we have the same problem. Hopefully, you have another radio. If that radio works, then we know we have a faulty radio. You want to go ahead and get that radio replaced or repaired, and that can easily be done by contacting your manufacturer. Okay, so we've gone through some power. Let's go through some reception problems that we may have here. So obviously the first thing we want to do is we want to make sure that our antenna is plugged into the back of our scanner. I have seen a couple of customers of mine that have just plugged the antenna in the back and did not give it that quarter of a turn to seat the bayonet on the BNC connector. They just pushed it in. And over time, it had wiggled loose and it was no longer making great connection. So make sure that you've got that BNC connector in there and twisted. Make sure your SMA connector is on there tight, but not too tight. You don't want to break the SMA connector inside the radio. I've heard of that happening as well. Same goes for your N or BNC connectors. Just make sure everything is on there nice and tight. Not super tight. We're not the Hulk. Okay, now let's follow the path down from radio. Well, first of all, let's plug in another radio. Hopefully, we do have another radio we can plug in here. 
see if that radio is working. If that radio works, we know our problem is inside, so the radio now is not receiving anything. Again, repair or replace. If now we have two radios that aren't working, well, now we have to continue. But let's back up one bit. Let's go back to the radio that isn't working on what you're listening to or what you want to listen to. Scan around. See if anything else comes in. Do you get the weather channels? Do you get amateur radio repeaters? Because we all know amateur radio operators sometimes have a hard time releasing the PTT button, which stands for push to talk, and converting it into a RTL button, which means release to listen. They like to talk. You may find some very busy GMRS frequencies as well for the same reason. Check your CB frequencies. See how well they are coming in. Again, you want to go through the bands here and see. Maybe you've just lost 800. Maybe you've just lost VHF. We're just ruling out the antenna and the radio here. Now, another thing to check out, too, is jump on radio reference. Jump on your local scanner radio uh, scanner radio websites. Maybe the frequency you are trying to pick up moved. Maybe they changed something. Maybe they're no longer using it. Maybe it's not a problem anywhere in your setup. It could just be that... They got a new frequency or they vacated the current frequency and went to a trunk system. You never know. Maybe they turned on encryption on that trunk system on that talk group and your radio is now luckily or hopefully muting the encrypted talk group. These things can happen. Now, again, if they turned on encryption, there's really nothing you can do but pout about it and move on, unfortunately. Okay, but here's the deal. We're just trying to isolate what the problem here can be. We're trying to keep it as simple and then build upon this as possible. So again, we've kind of hopefully eliminated that it's not the current frequency you're trying to listen to, that it isn't the radio, and hopefully it's not your way you've connected the antenna. So let's keep on going. Let's follow this coax line out the back of your radio and see where it goes. Are you plugged into a multi-coupler? Is the multi-coupler turned on? Do you see the light that says it has power? Hopefully, you did not transmit through the multi-coupler. If you have a multi-coupler, jump it out. Get a barrel connector and bypass the multi-coupler. Does it work? Does it not work? If it works now, guess what? You fried your multi-coupler. If your multi-coupler doesn't have a power light on, make it happen. Figure out what went wrong with that multi-coupler to make the power light turn off. Is it plugged in? Is the cable good? Did the fuse blow? If everything is okay, if you have enough voltage, the 12 volts going to that multi-coupler, repair and replace. All right, let's continue tracing out our coax line. I hope you're not using cable splitters, but if you are, they have been known to go bad. Again, jump it out and see if your problem is, is repaired. Are you using cable amplified splitters again please don't be using those i know people that do use them fine whatever but to me makes my head hurt are they turned on do you have the green light or the red light again jump it out see if that fixes your problem finally did you have any construction at your house follow that line see if anybody nicked it by mistake Maybe you got a little rodent in your house and they were nibbling on things because that's what rodents do. Maybe they've eaten through your coax lines. Now, again, for those of you who know, I do work. My 9-to-5 job is with a major cell phone provider. I have gone to a couple of sites, one in particular where it was at a local dump. Literally, it was a waste disposal center. 
the rats there ate through the outside jacket of the ancient 5-8 hardline, exposing the shield on the coax. This stuff happens, folks. Rodents are nuisance animals in more ways than one. So check that out. Now, again, if you could follow through and, and you, you see there's no nicks, no kinks, no creases in your coax, nothing got cut, nothing got chewed through, well, now we got to look outside. Let's follow that coax line outside the house or outside your building and follow it to the roof. You're going to want to go through it and make sure nothing has happened. Now, again, I had a customer in a commercial establishment. We did just this. We... we uh, jumpered out his splitters. We jumpered out his multi-coupler. We, we, we followed the lines best as we could. Now, again, this was a commercial setup, so we couldn't really follow it uh, all through where it was chased. We did follow it outside to uh, the penthouse, outside the wall. It looked good. Followed the coax line outside to where the antenna should have been, and I looked at the guys. And I'm like, somebody swapped out your antenna. This is not your antenna. It's gone. It's It doesn't, this isn't it. So we walked down the roof, Came back to the antenna. I said, you know what? This is your antenna. It blew apart. It's missing all the elements. The only thing here is the boom where the coax plugs into. Your antenna is shattered. No wonder why you're not receiving anything. So the diagnosis there was to get a new antenna, and they plugged it in, and it works beautifully now. But while you're there, take a look at all the connections. Do you have a connector that... Maybe you got a lightning strike too close. Look at that connector and make sure it's not brown or black. Make sure you have the center pin still in there. See if um, you know you don't have water in the coax line. Do you, did you ground your system right? Do you have one of the coax grounding or the um, uh, I forget what they, the trade names is for those things, but um, you know I, I I do recommend putting those on your lines as well. I do have uh, the, the the grounding on all my coax. Take those apart. Make sure that the slug in there is still in, in one piece, that you didn't actually short it out because you had too close of a lightning strike and it discharged out to ground. Again, you'd like to see that because that means it didn't blow up your radio system. But again, that's another point of failure if you've properly installed your setup. Again, you can jump those out temporarily to see if that fixes your issue. So we have multiple places here that we could try and repair things. Now, again, too, if you have an external antenna, take your radio outside with you and then plug it right into your another antenna. Bring it into the car. Bring it over to somebody else's house. Just drive around with that radio and see if it starts picking things up. That could also tell you if it's a problem with the radio or your home setup. Now, finally, you're going to want to look at your radio, too, and make sure you don't have the global attenuator turned on. If you've got that global attenuator turned on, guess what? It's like pulling out that coax just a little bit to, you guessed it, attenuate your signal. So again, we're here to do some basic troubleshooting on the scanner. I believe, hopefully, at the end of this, we've gone through what the main problems were on the scanner. There's one more I want to touch on. Your scanner looks like it's operating. You see your S-meter moving. It's stopping on things, or maybe it's not stopping on anything again. Is your squelch working? Lower the squelch. You should hear it hissing. Now, again, you're only going to hear it if you have a frequency without PL or DPL or NAC on it if you're listening to something digital. Turn off your PL or DPL. See if you hear anything coming through. That could also indicate that the station you're trying to listen to changed their PL tones. Okay. 
Um, maybe if you're not hearing your squelch, you have a problem, again, with the received circuit inside the radio. If you don't hear anything, it could be you have a bad speaker. I've seen it too where the headphone jacks on the radios get stuck in the headphone mode. Plug your headphone in, plug an external speaker in, and see if they work as well. It is not unheard of, no pun intended, that the speaker just fails on a scanner as well. And you'll need to plug it into an external source. So I want to thank our Patreon supporters. We have Crosa from Signals Everywhere, Glenn Bryden, Scott Vorder, Craig Harper, Brian Southworth, Dan, Jimmy Spelling, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, M.T. Bono, Mark Beebe, Raven Hill, and William Arcand. You can help support Scanner School by going to scannerschool.com support. From there, you'll find links to our Patreon, our Amazon affiliates. Uh, you'll find Butel and Scanner Master or one-time PayPal donations. So I'll have some batteries I'd recommend in our session notes at scannerschool.com session 75. Again, Scanner School is copyright 2018 by Monitor Long Island, Inc. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, again, if you're looking for additional help with your scanning, you can go to our, our ask page, scannerschool.com ask, where you can submit one question, and we'll answer it on an upcoming podcast. Uh, if you need more help, we do have consulting services, so you can check that out as well. So if you need more one-on-one, we do some screen sharing. And I will walk you through any problem or problems you may have. And if you have any suggestions for an upcoming podcast episode or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please go to scannerschool.com. At the very top of the screen, you'll see a link for podcast. Go ahead and click on that. And from the drop-down menu, you'll see a Be Our Guest. And click on there. And you can actually fill out the calendar right then and there. And that will book an appointment for us to actually have a sit-down conversation and go through it. So... Again, we're here for you. If you have any questions, you need any extra help, or you'd like to share what it is that you love about the Scanner Radio Hobby, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure so would your fellow Scanner Radio listener. We'll talk to you all next week. Again, my name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And we are here to teach you everything you need to know about the Scanner Radio Hobby. 73.